I mean, I got something to say, you know. What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya? Would you shut the fuck up and listen to the skeleton crew? It's radio at its finest. All right, all you skeleton crew, thrill me, you sons of bitches. Big fan of your show. Me and the other guy who listens. Um, I think it's, it's fantastic. Hi, this is Felicia Rose. I'm Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp. I'm actually with the Skeleton Crew. Meet me at the waterfront after the social. Oh, yeah. I know you guys are still reeling from the last show where we did the hottest girls of the big three franchises and the return of Matt Wazell. I know. You guys can't believe what you just heard. Well... You're in for more fun. Skeleton Crew 162. We're going to talk about a lot of cool things. We're going to talk about music, nostalgia, and the most brutal deaths in horror movies ever. Oh yeah, we told you. We like movies with tits and blood. Last show we covered tits, now we're covering blood. But uh, let me start this before I even introduce anybody. Oh, my name is Al. You know that. Before I introduce everybody else, guys, hold on one second. Let me just say that uh, this has been a very therapeutic experience. You know, I had the worst summer of my life um, from the beginning of summer all the way through July. Um, I say the horror ended August 1st, honestly. That's when things started to turn around a little bit. Actually, August 2nd. August 1st sucked, too. But August 2nd on, and... One of the things that really helped turn things around is over here in Jersey, Metallica was playing at MetLife Stadium, and they did a special two shows, two nights, two sets. So I went there Friday night, and they played a whole set, and then came back Sunday night, and they did a whole different set. I went with my wife, my friends. It was amazing. And just really therapeutic and cracking open the dungeon door, picking up our chairs, dusting off the mics, and doing a little skeleton crew was also uh, a very needed therapeutic thing for me, too, this summer. Um, It really helped get me through the horrible times, and things just look better and better. I'm going to go see Megadeth uh, on the 17th of September. I can't believe we're even in September. That is crazy enough. I can't believe I'm turning 44 on the 6th. That's crazy. Uh, I started doing the Skeleton Crew when I was uh, 31 years old. So I can't believe here I am at 44. Um, but yeah, so the, the music thing has been very therapeutic this summer. So, got, uh, uh, hey Dave Z, what's up man? What have you done this summer, music-wise, for you, that's been pretty therapeutic. Ha! I just got back from Fish. I was gone from, uh, I saw four concerts in five days in New York City. And, uh, yeah, and it was amazing, as always, and special. And, uh, now I'm sick from it. But I don't care. Uh, even if even if I got the COVID, which I don't know I have or not, but it's still worth it for those shows. So, uh, so happy. Jamie, what are you up to? <laughs> Well, I haven't gone yet, 
but I am going in uh, five days to see Ghost, and I am wow. super excited. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg is amazing in that. Um, <laughs> her, Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore with the short hair. I know it's jarring, but man. <laughs> I can't. So where are they re-airing that? <laughs> Shut up. Is it because Patrick Swayze died in September? Is that why they're doing this? Did he really? I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> wow. No, it's the band Ghost. Oh, the band. Yeah, they're good too. Yeah, they, they used to <laughs> sing the Banana Laser intro. Remember? Lucifer! That's the best Ghost song ever. I love that song. Yeah. And you want to know what's really weird? I started with Fish first, right? Because I went Tuesday. Right, and then Alex didn't go till what, the weekend or something? Um, I went Friday and Sunday. Okay, so I started Tuesday. And for the for the run that I went to, the very first song that Fish played, which they rarely, rarely, rarely open with this song, it's a song called Ghost. So, oh wow. <laughs> that, yeah, it starts with a ghost and it ends with ghost. Yep. Was there was their last song called Metallica? <laughs> I'm so trying about guys to... who lick poles? Hmm. Did any Metallica reference happen at the fish show? <laughs> I gotta. You never, dude. I'm telling you, they. You never know with that band. Anything's possible. Well, Ghost I, did so. a Metallica cover for the Metallica tribute. Oh yeah, Black Album, thirty year thing, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we have the Ghost out of this conversation. We just wanted to get that out there, make you guys totally jealous. Don't I get get your Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> you got my Ghost. Um, speaking of which, Alice Cooper just put out an album. It's called Road. Uh, and he already got hit. People bitching about it. Well, I read a review. People are MFing them. I read a review that, oh, you and you're talking about. Well, the first thing I did was I read the review of his new album, and it was the, the reviewer was calling it misogynistic and, you know, whatever. But then he did that interview where he made those comments and... Now people are, you know, pissed at him. Yeah. I don't know what he said. I just know people are pissed off. But what else is new? Everybody's pissed off online. <laughs> well, if you all don't think the same way about everything, then you're a bad guy or people are pissed or whatever. It's it's the same old thing. It's always been, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the whole thing that these guys, everyone knows you should not talk about politics or human interests or anything like that just talk about the music business other bands you like other music you like your influences and that's it because once you once you pick a side then people are going to call you one thing or another like look at Bud Light for picking a side, Target for picking a side, him for picking a side. So, you know, every every time you pick a side, people are going to be pissed either way. So it's just like everybody should just stay out of this and leave the politics to the voters and the politicians and keep your friends and keep your fans. And I don't know. <sighs> it's just so crazy. I don't, I don't know why no one seems to understand. Like Roseanne is your greatest example. I mean, hers was just like a racist thing, but... I'm sure a lot of it's based on on what political side she lands on too, because then you combine them and it just seems like you know, right. whatever. But fuel to the fire, yeah, yeah, it's just fuel to the fire. So like you can't just stop everybody, please. Like I've even been tempted to post a few political things. And listen, I I don't like most presidents, so if I'm making fun of either of them or whatever, it doesn't exactly tell you the side I'm landing on or anything like that. Like. 
I think there's a lot of idiocy going on. But yeah, these other guys, if you if you actually have like an investments of like fans and money and and he had a makeup line and like there are a lot yeah, of Yeah, they dropped him. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts involved with all this stuff. And like you know that if you say that what about all the manufacturers of that makeup and the ones who are shaping it in guitars and the ones who are shaping it into bats or whatever the fuck they're doing? Like, what about all those? There's a lot happening here and a lot. And you know that you can mess it all up with one statement. And and I guess he did. But I, I let people have their differing opinions. Um, as long as they're coming from a place, it, it, it doesn't seem evil on either side or like... Um, like they're forcing people to think a certain way on either side. Like if they just have an observation about something and they have a point, but it's going to sound bad, I'll get your point, but I'll still say, yeah, that sounded bad, but I see what you're trying to say. I could, I I could do that too, but (laughs) there's a lot more than my opinion that's at stake here. So I just think they shouldn't do that. But well, it's too easy. What you're doing is too easy. That's how it should be. But everybody has to automatically throw rocks and freaking be extreme and it's it's my way or the highway and that's the problem but once again keep your mouth shut and this is what i I will never and i remember where i was i was taking my daughter to her uh taekwondo and next to the taekwondo there was some other store don't know i forgot what it was but they literally it might even been like a pizzeria but whatever it is they had something in the front window and it was like something spelled out in letters. And it was either – it was during election season, and it was either pro-Trump or against Trump. I don't know what it was, but I told my daughter, I said, you see right there? I will never, ever give that place <laughs> my money. I don't care if I agree with their message or not. If you automatically are in business, which – correct me if I'm wrong. You're putting yourself out there to make money. Why would you alienate anyone who's a potential 50% customer? 50% of your customers, right? I will – I 100 percent, if anybody gives me their political opinion, I will not support them. They will not make a dime from me. That's my statement. That's what I told my daughter. Here's the funny thing. My daughter is extreme like I am, like she has like – she's, but she's so funny. She told me I don't give a shit about what people say. She said – no, no, my daughter is mixed, you know. So – and she said this. She goes, my favorite thing to eat are super pretzels. Super pretzels are those things you you buy them in the microwave. You put them in there, put some water on, and get the pretzel. They're soft yeah. pretzels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. She told me if super pretzels came out and said they were racist against black people, she goes, "I'd still buy them." She says, "I don't care. <laughs> I love super pretzels." Well, I still drink Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like she said, this girl's 17. At the time, she was 16. She's like, there's always going to be hate and racism in the world, so my actions or reactions aren't going to change that. I said, okay, you do you. But Yeah, even that opinion. Like, yeah, if I see any anti-Trump or anything or any flags of Trump, I don't I don't bother with these people anymore. Like, Refuse to. Yep. Yeah, I just – I. Even even on Facebook, like I I might have four hundred friends or whatever, but I'm sure I unfollowed eighty of them during election season. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't I don't want to hear about this. What you think about it anymore? I'm just done. It's so, coming again. Is what it, it never yeah, ends. But before we do, we're gonna take a little break. I'm gonna play you a guitar solo that'll knock your fucking brains out. Here is Randy Rhodes on Ozzy's Mr. Crowley.
Let's talk a little horror here. So, you know, remember that we used to go to that funny website back in the day? Um, something oh, CA. Pop, oh, no, that's, that wasn't the funny one. You think Pop Matters was the funny one, but the other one was horror.movies.ca, which, which Jamie was <laughs> yeah. on a lot at one time, and so was I, not knowing each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was a writer for that website. See? For yeah, maybe. What, for Pop Horror? What? No. For... <laughs> no, not Pop Horror. Pop Matters. <laughs> oh, Pop Matters. Pop Horror, I think, is still around. Pop Matters was the thing that there was a couple lists off it that we that we saw back in the day. Remember that? Did he say, yeah, why your dad's important, you said? Remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your dad's important. Pop Matters. <laughs> no, Pop Horror, I think, is still a thing. It's like an actual, you know, some type of website. Okay, well, anyway, so instead of doing um, that, so we were, we we're, there's a reason I was looking around for stuff, but um, I won't give any of that away because we'll get to it at some point. But so I came across MovieWeb, and they have the 10 most brutal horror movie deaths that are burned into your brain forever. So, of course, I felt we should, uh, peruse this list and see now listen i am not saying that <clears throat> we're just gonna rip it apart or anything i think some of these are actually pretty good so number 10 so it's you know 10 to number one and obviously so number 10 jaws and it's quince death yeah, better be oh, better yeah. be right like i will admit that death is horrific mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah, the struggling and the blood spurting out of his mouth and the, you know. Yeah. The, the, right. Yeah. And that honestly, that death haunted me when I was a kid. I would I would picture that whole bit where the shark comes in through the window of the boat. And then the next thing you know, it's got Quint like pulling him down or Quint is sliding down and then he, he like kicking at him and then he ends up in his mouth and then he's like screaming and spurting. And yeah, it's that's horrific. And it's funny. Remember how I like uh, I didn't like him because I said he was like a jerk in this in this movie, and he kind of like ruined everyone's entire life. Really, when he smashed the radio for whatever reason. Oh yeah. So that was a weird death because you, you well, I struggled with caring and not caring. But either way, if you, you don't have to care about a guy for it to be brutal. Like just like. Robocop. Like, to me, that's one that's burned into my brain. You know which death I'm talking about, right? And Robo- oh, Actually, there's two deaths in Robocop I'm talking about. One's sort of a death, and one is a death. The guy walking, right? The guy walking in the street melting? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite's the guy going out the window with the long-ass arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, yeah, yeah I love, oh, I I love that right. scene. Because... <laughs> awesome. When did RoboCop come out? Like, 85? I was totally traumatized. I don't know how my father let me watch this. I was totally traumatized when they killed Murphy. Like, when when that guy is t- pointing the gun at him, he's like... And he shoots his fucking hand off. I was like, oh my god. What is happening? Is this what people do to each other? And then he's like hobbling with the one hand bleeding or whatever he was doing. That weird walk Peter Weller did after that to show how 
distraught he is over this whole situation and the pain he's in. Like, I was totally traumatized, almost as much as Toxic Avenger when these kids are playing, like, this game where you, like, hit people for points on the street. Oh, my God. Awesome. (laughs) And this, this girl lets her brother go bike riding in the middle of the night. Like, who does that? And then she goes, okay, Jimmy, or whatever. And these kids hit him. And then they said, no, no, no way. You don't get full points. He's moving. And then they back up over his head. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. amazing. Oh. Dude. My mom used to used to say that when we were like going anywhere in the car, she'd just, there'd be somebody on the side of the road walking or something. And she's like, how many points do I get for that one? And I'm like, right. uh. <laughs> And I'm thinking, please don't really hit them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how far are we going with this joke? Yeah. You know, it's really messed up. I, um, I was dating a Puerto Rican girl at the time. It was like 2002 or so. I was like 22. And in that scene, <laughs> they're going over the points. Yep. Oh, my God. So they say, do we, do we the points, the rules, what are they? See if I can remember the whole list. Now, Jews, wants, niggers, and chinks—they're all worth twenty-five points. You know that's bad, but it's nothing to do with us. And then she goes, "The Puerto Ricans—they're worth thirty points. They're thirty points." <laughs> and I just slowly look over at this girl. I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't remember this part." <laughs> And I was like, they're just, you know, they're, I, I uh, yeah. And I knew I wasn't going to blow job that night. I was like, okay, well, that was the end of that one. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in my house watching All in the Family every day because I just finished Three's Company, so I had to start a new show. So I'm watching All in the Family, and I'm getting every freaking racial slur thrown out every every freaking other minute on that show. It's great. Couple, I, I was up late a couple of weeks ago, and I watched four episodes of All in the Family. And because uh, it's on Peacock, I was just like, oh, my God, I loved the show. I missed it. But back to that RoboCop thing. Th- this is weird. The only reason I know that scene, because once when I was a kid in the 80s, I was flipping channels and I just happened to be flipping. And I saw that scene with this guy walking down the street melting. And I'm thinking it's a horror movie. I'm like, well, what's this thing? You know, and I stop and I see him and I see the guy get run over. And that is the only moment I have ever seen of RoboCop until I think three years ago I finally watched the movie. But I always remember that scene. That's how impactful it was. So when you said RoboCop, I knew it had to be that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's traumatizing. And it's so funny. I watched – I went through a phase where – I watched all the RoboCops in like um in the same month, and then I even watched like this weird like mini series or something they had. Like I don't know what it was. It was like more RoboCop, but it was I'm not even sure if it was Peter Weller anymore. Probably wasn't. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think it was. And they just kept making like more, but they weren't like real movies or something. It was weird. Maybe somebody knows what I'm talking about. But wow. So the number nine, Dad. Now this is weird because this this is such an updated thing that this is a movie that came out like months ago. Um, Scream Six, Ethan Landry's death. Now, if you don't remember, no. Tara stabs him in the mouth with his own knife. Oh, towards the end of the movie. Yeah, 
he was he was the nerdy white kid who I think I guess he killed that black girl on the train or tried to or whatever. Remember how she like survived? Yeah, I do remember something. I I've only seen it th- at the movies. I have to you know. Yeah, he's he's like the nerdy white guy in the movie. That death was obviously stolen from Psycho Two. Yes, hundred percent it was. Yeah, totally stolen. Because no one remembers Psycho 2, so they might as well just use one of their great deaths, right? That's the death where uh, Norman stabbed Marion Crane's sister in her mouth. Yep. They also did it in Stage Fright in the remake, the the musical Wall Slasher. Oh. Yep. It's been done, but of course it, this this list has to be, they got to put a scream in there because it's the most, you know what I mean, mainstreamish, you know? So I guess you guys aren't co-signing this. You hardly are. It looks like you don't. Neither one of you will remember this. Like, right? I remember at the time thinking that there was a couple of cool kills towards the end, but you know I gotta watch it again. I like that, and I do remember that. But I think the most brutal death is uh, what's her name, Anya, or the the girlfriend, the the lesbian girlfriend who was like crawling across the ladder and he shakes the ladder and then she falls down, oh, yeah. hits her and hits the dumpster and then splats all over the sidewalk. Or the, nice. the alley, that was awesome. I thought that that was my favorite one, and I think the most brutal. But well, that's the thing. Like, it might not have been one that popped up as burned in your brain, but if you're going to compare it to something else on a, a list of the same movie, then it's like, well, wait a minute, you're not even the best on the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the stabbing in the mouth would have been a bigger deal if I never saw it. Th- then I'm I'm totally traumatized by that because like. I definitely, it always stuck out to me in Psycho too. Yeah. Uh, number eight is It 2017, Georgie's Death, where you actually see the clown pull the wing off the fly. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That makes me want to, like, cry every time. It's so horrible because he's screaming. Yeah. You know what it just occurred to me? When we was talking to Bill and he goes, yeah, Georgie's brother, he got his arm ripped off like a wing off a fly. It's interesting because spiders kill flies more than anything and then it was like a spider oh yeah 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 little spider action yeah yeah so i wonder if that was like a little thing but yeah no definitely that that kill in the it remake that was definitely because we all you know it's one of those things where the theater of the mind but now we actually in this day and age have to see this little boy get his arm ripped off for it to impact us and yeah, it does. That was a good one. So you guys are going to love this. <laughs> Number seven, Saw 3, Timothy Young's death. Who the fuck Timothy is Timothy o. Young? That's, that's, that's his name. That's fucking Johnny Gore. Oh, my God, Johnny Gore. Yeah, all because of that. He got I bestowed him the nickname Johnny Gore. From that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Amazing is right. It's a great kill, man. And and we thought, didn't we think of that? To well, I'm sure you coined it, but didn't we all kind of conjure that up together? Because I was on that show in Banana Laser, right? I was on Saw Three. Um, yeah, probably. We'll have to listen back to it. I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to listen to that one. That that's great. Yeah, Johnny Gore. Because I think I said, doesn't he look like Johnny Orr or something? Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He looks like Jonathan Orr. Yeah. So wait, he brought it back. Wait, how did he die? Remember he was, tick, 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 tick. he was on those things and freaking, uh, he had to um, 
His head was turning. First, his his limbs were turning. They were hooked oh, up. yeah, 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 yeah. Then at the end, it was his head. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. It's great. Here, it says he was ripped apart by a trap dubbed the rack. First, Timothy's arm gets twisted until broken. Then his right leg, finally his neck. Yeah, awesome. and you can see the skin Ooh. as he's twisted around. Yeah, that that was pretty good. I do remember. Yeah, it was great. I can't believe Johnny Gore died that way. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so now no, number six, Hellraiser, Frank Cotton's death. Jesus wept. <laughs> yep. He um he of course was getting all those fish hooks with the chains shot into his body and then pulled them apart. Yeah, that that's a memorable. You don't ever forget that. Yeah, I guess these are burned into our brains. Like you don't really. I guess well, not uh, Johnny Gore's death. I don't even remember how it happened. But yeah, well, the other ones. Like most of these are burned into our brains because that's iconic and wild and a horrible way to die in Hellraiser. And it's even worse in when they show it in the unrated uh, part two. Because you actually see more of him being torn oh, really? and slower. Yeah, yeah, they add to it. Yep. Really? I didn't even realize that. I don't really watch that. Oh, my God. You got to watch one and two. Oh my. I just showed one to Francesca finally last week. She finally got to watch it. Yeah. And she loved it. So now I got to have her watch part two in the remake, and that's cool. Man, can't wait to hear what she thinks about the Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> I should show her that. Dude, you championed that movie to death back then. You're like, this is great. This is a cult classic. Absolutely. I want to get high and watch yeah, this do. every year. Yeah. You should have watched it five times already by now because that was like eight years like, ago. Give me the toes, toes, toes. Give me it. <laughs> yeah, you were so into it, dude. I can't wait to see it again. You're right. I got to watch it. Those toes. That is great. The alligator, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, 2014. You haven't watched it in nine years. I never watch shit. I always say I'm going to watch stuff, and I never do. You're right. Yeah. So number five is Final Destination 5, Olivia's death. Olivia's not expecting anything bad to happen as she starts the procedure, but then, of course, she's left alone. The machine goes haywire. Oh, yeah. Eyes, right? Her eye and hand are badly burned, and as she tries to escape, she ends up falling through the window... Olivia falls several stories before crash landing onto a car where she's instantly killed. To top it off, her burned eye pops out of her head and gets crushed by a passing car. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at this picture of her, and it's like one of those things that are pulling your your eyelids stretched open, so it's just that round eye. Yeah, gross. And a laser's touching it or something. Ugh. Wow. Now we got Halloween Kills. Now this one, no, sorry guys. This is not that great. Oh no, no, never mind. No, Cameron's okay, because doesn't Michael like keep smashing him through the banister? And then as he he's still alive when Michael oh, starts that's the walking part. down the stairs and he just like finishes you know? him. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that. I'm wrong. Yeah. I love yeah, that I love because that. he went back and finished him. That was yeah. awesome. He was like, Oh, you're not dead? Okay, let me fix that. <laughs> yeah, he twisted his head up. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, but come on. Dick Warlock ripping off the guy's head in Halloween 3 in the freaking in the, in the junkyard. I think it's great. Pulls his head off. Yeah. Halloween 3, man. Yeah, how this is number 4, I have no idea. Cuz people know about it. It's how, it, it, it's it's mainstreamish. Number 3. Scream. Ugh. 
only thing from screen that I could think of, if you're not going to go with Drew Barrymore, which I don't, it's okay. It's better than kill. I would say the garage kill is the only thing I ever remember about scream kills. So, yeah, well, that's where I, that's where I would go to. And so clearly that's not it. So it is Drew Barrymore. Eh. It's, it's okay, but I don't think it's number. What is that? Three, three. Yeah. You no, know, that's not no. number three worthy. I'm no. sorry. It's not even. Did Dan and Lacey make this list? (laughs) They might (laughs) have. No, um, no, here's the thing. No, this is not the greatest kill. It's the greatest sequence. Yeah. And that's arguable because then. No, I love that. I love that opening. It's fucking great. But I think think Steve's death is worse than hers. I mean, as far as like, you know, when you actually get to see his stomach slit open and his guts roll out. Like, oh, yeah, that's fucking horrible. Right. It is. But to me, the best part of the kill is when she's being dragged and she's yeah. phone. That shit's great. Yeah. But when she gets killed, it's like a, a, a isn't it like a fast zoom and then it just freezes for a second and you can barely yeah. see what happens? Yeah. For some reason, she looks like Drew Barrymore from E.T. As Dan said on fucking when he did, and I 100% agree with him, that for something, it's true. Her face looks like a picture of her when she was a little girl. It does not look like fucking Drew Barrymore, age 27 in that movie. I, oh, wow. Yeah, because Dan said the same thing when you guys reviewed Scream in, your, in the Skeleton Crew uh, review of Scream. He said that, and he goes, yeah, and for some reason he said it looks, and I, I, I remember him saying that, and I remember after I watched it that time, I'm going, yeah, why does her face, it looks fake. It doesn't look like fucking, I don't know, like a, it's like a picture. I don't know. Well, it probably wasn't real. And when she was hanging in the tree, they probably just put a dummy. She probably wasn't willing to do it. Yeah, well, the prosthetic must have been on the fucking, on the cutting room floor of fucking. Well, it was a dummy, and I just saw it the other day. I uh, was watching a YouTube video about it, and um, not about the kill, but about the movie. Anyway, they showed a close-up of the dummy, like, in the behind-the-scenes, and it looked terrible. <laughs> like, it yeah. it looks so fake up close, you know? So yeah. it's you know, the miracles of lighting or whatever, but no, that clearly, that was not, not her. It's, they're talking overall, the whole thing, because when he comes around and he stabs her in the chest with that knife, that is the weakest shit ever. It's a great shot though. It's excellent. It's a great shot, but the actual stab is so weak. I prefer Carmen Electra's in. (laughs) Yeah. Some boobs. In scary movie. <laughs> right. Ah, awesome. So, Jamie will like this one. Number two. Uh, if you forgot what we're talking about, most brutal kills in horror movies that, that are burned into your mind forever. Number two. Alien. 1979. Kane's death. Chestburster? Oh, Kane. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the chestburster. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's up there. It's not a traditional kill, but no, it's fantastic though. And then the the reaction you get the oh god, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I saw that in the theater, and for years until I saw it again when we had it on uh, like disc, the only things I remembered were two things from the movie, and that was when he first finds the egg and the face hugger leaps out and latches onto him and then his death and then one brief it always freaked me out when they cut his helmet off and the whole thing has formed like the the helmet and then they try to like they have to like crack it open to get to his his head like 
that's gross. So like, so everything to do with Kane scarred me. And when I saw that in the theater, I could not eat spaghetti for years because <laughs> they, because they were eating spaghetti at the time. And I was just like, well, I'm off spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Help you cut carbs. That's true. You should thank alien. <laughs> And I stopped eating Link sausages because of that scene in The Howling where she chops off the werewolf fingers. <laughs> yeah, you're a health nut because of horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to believe number one. You're not going to be happy with this or anything like that. But it is a moment. Can you give us a hint? Yeah. Okay, okay. ready? Let's. Not too obvious, but I think we could guess it between Jamie and I. I really do. I'm going to ask you to do a qu- – you'll never get this. There's no way you watch this movie as much as I did to get this. be careful this. who you're talking to. <laughs> Darnell would say. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> thought you were about to say you needed lubricated rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> lubricated. Amazing. You're right. He did say something like that. <laughs> I asked for lubricated rubbers. <laughs> so do you remember in the, in the movie Batman, the Michael Keaton one – Kim Basinger and that other reporter are walking around Bruce Wayne's mansion, and then they're looking at all the, like the the armor and the statues and stuff. Yeah. So the guy says, "Ooh, he must be." Um, see, I've, I've seen this so much that every time this movie's name is is mentioned, this is all I think about. So he goes, "Oh, look at this one. He must be King of the Wicker People." Oh, the Wicker Man. Yep. Hmm. Oh, so it's his death at the end of the uh, Woodward. Yeah, Neil Howie's death. Huh. So, listen, it's not amazing. It's not like you see him on fire inside this big, gigantic Wicker Man thing. But it's that moment where, like, they set the fire on the bottom. They're sacrificing this guy. And they they cut to the inside of this death trap. And he's, like, doing his, like, prayer to God and stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it comes off so real and genuine that it almost makes you feel like, oh, my God, if they did this to me, like, I'd be sitting in there. What what would my last words be? Oh, God. I humbly entreat thee for the soul of this thy servant, Neil Howie, who will today depart from this world. Do not deliver me into the enemy's hands. Or put me out of mind forever. Let me not undergo the real pains of hell, dear God, because I die unshriven. And establish me in that bliss which knows no ending. Christ, then you just see all these people like going back and forth and smiling and they're happy about it and then this whole thing goes up in flames and it falls over listen if you took the journey through the whole movie and you get to that moment and he did a it's 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 definitely a moment what's the title of this again what's the name of the article let me be fair to it before i say anything but. Ten of the most brutal horror movie deaths that are burned into your brain forever. Okay, so it's not top ten. It's just ten of. So the, they, 
they Ooh. covered they covered their ass with that. <laughs> yes, smart, smart. That's what I used to do when I did when I wrote lists. Is I never said top ten anything. It was always ten of blah 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 because that way nobody can right. can come mm-hmm. at you. <laughs> okay, but I don't think it's a brutal death. I, I don't think it it belongs there. When I think of a brutal death, I mean yes, getting set on fire. If you, if you break it down, it's a horrible, horrible way to go. But I'm when I'm watching a horror movie and someone says there's a brutal death, it's never something involving fire. It just isn't. No, it's it's like uh, it's Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 when he killed a stripper. Right. That's brutal. Right. You know what? They, honestly, okay, not honestly, but <laughs> they could have put the other one on here. They could have put on fucking Nicolas Cage fucking saying, not the bees. <laughs> I think that would be brutal. What would be worse? Being stung by bees and set on fire, or just being my set- eyes, my eyes. <laughs> I think his kill. I didn't. I never saw it. To be honest. Oh but- my god, you got to it's so fucking funny. He punches women in that movie like three, like <laughs> like three three different women. He punches just right across the room in that movie. And in one time, he's wearing a goddamn bear suit. Yes, you gotta. Wow. You Is gotta, that cocaine? You know what? We need to review that movie. Actually. Oh. We can do them both and do a comparison if you want, oh, but we definitely need to do the remake. Oh, man. You know the last time we did a, a battle I do. of original versus re- – you remember the last one we did on Skeleton Crew? It was, in, it was in the first season, wasn't it? No, no. I brought it back. Oh. In our last season. Brought it back like Johnny Gore. Oh, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> oh, yo, 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 yo. Timothy Young. I'm going to start calling him Timothy Young. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now he's Timmy the Old. Yeah. <laughs> Child, they're old as hell now, boy. I want to really... Oh, I know what it is. It was um, it was uh, House of Wax. Oh! Remember that, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I brought the uh, that cool intro. That was one of my... You know, listen, we're not big time here. So when I made my little, like, musical things or whatever, or my my little skits or whatever, one of my favorite ones is how I introduced um, original versus uh, remakes. This skeleton crew brings you another epic battle. Original versus remake. <laughs> Let me ask you about the house, not the house of wax, the wicker man, um, what's your, Nicolas Cage. Does he get burned at the end? No, bees, I guess. Just bees? There's no fire. I honestly don't remember how that movie ends. No, I assume it has to be fire. So I thought I was, okay, then I got to take it back. I was going to say what would be worse, being stung by bees and set on fire or just being set on fire. To me, the number one should have been, <laughs> going by the logic of this of this list, the number one should have been the remake because they added the bees to it. Now, what do I care about bees? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But see, that's the did it right. I mean, bees aren't enough to kill you normally. But oh, sure. You ever see Sleepaway Camp? Well, that's what I'm saying. That that's why I, I was <laughs> I had an aversion to Sleepaway Camp for a little bit because the bees seem to. I don't know. Like, what, he what do I care watch about? it for years because what does he care about bees? Yeah. Bees. It wasn't enough. Bees. It was like something you'd see in like uh, a movie like The Sandlot or something or, or The Little Rascal. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's from My Girl. 
Oh, Michael. Well, yeah, something like he, he only got stung once. Thomas J. Or did he get stung multiple times? I don't know. Oh. I was crying too hard in the theater. You should have been happy when my girl, when he got stung by the bees, you finally got your revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Joe Pesci got his revenge on, on, on Kevin. Joe Pesci was in my girl? No, you. You watching it. Oh, 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 oh. Because you're a voice, I mean. I watched it beginning to end. You know what? I honestly think that one of the most brutal deaths ever in horror is in Martyrs. Oh, yeah. Because it is prolonged. She gets fucking flayed. Like, to me, that is the worst way to die, is to be skinned alive. Oh. Oh, just like in The Black Hat. Yes. Yeah. Only much more brutal. <laughs> yeah, because you don't see anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, even Leatherface taking the fucking, in the remake, taking the salt to that guy's freaking sawed off, uh, you know, oh. leg. That alone is is a hell of a lot of pain, and he's on a hook. My God. But I love that breaking the wrist and stabbing the guy in the neck. That. Is fucking oh, awesome. oh, and the new one, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cool, man. Okay, so the the reason they put the Wicker Man on the uh, uh, at the top of this list, I think, is just to sound edgy. I really do, because every other thing is something that played in theaters. Am I right or am I wrong on that? Wasn't you want them like a fucking a mainstream movie? Yeah. Okay, so at the end they had to put something that was a little less mainstream to give him some street cred with the fucking horror fans. Oh, let's put the Wicker Man there. That, that's the way. They should have picked something from Suspiria. Dude, the opening scene in Suspiria, which is my <laughs> favorite all-time kill, because you get two for the price of one, and they're both great kills. Yes. And I, uh, I always was partial to that room of barbed wire because you know, oh. or razor wire, you know, because everybody has that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do in my room just full of razor wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But that's brutal too. Any killing yeah, is. Yeah. is more brutal than I don't know. I mean, being sent off sucks. Sure. Where's Apollo Creed on this list? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine getting punched to death? <laughs> Dude, uh, there's so many kills I could think of over over that. that. What, how, what about what happens to Mia in the Suspiria remake? <gasps> oh, yeah, and she breaks the freaking, oh, my God, yeah, and then they bring her back, and it happens again, then she has to beg for death. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Poor babe. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 23 or 22, whatever it was. Is that the same kill where they, um, that guy you like, where they smack his, his knee backwards and he stands there like a chicken? Is that the same thing as breaking the wrist and stabbing when it throws? Is that the same kill? No, the the throat, the wrist to the throat is the first kill from yeah. the band. Oh, with the cop or something? Yeah. And then um, when my guy gets killed, that's the one where he, uh, what did, that Dave was talking about, I think, isn't isn't that the one you were talking about, Dave? Where he brings the sl- the he brings it down on the guy's leg as he's like passing her the keys. No, I was talking. I was talking about the remake. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, when he's running through the laundry and he chops his leg off at the knee. Yeah, and then he grabs salt and he rubs it yeah. in the thing, and he's already hanging on a 
And then, oh, does- and then when she tries to help him and she just lifts him up and then slams him back down on the hook. Yeah, and then he says, I guess the blowjob's out of the question. <laughs> That's what Dan said <laughs> to Jamie. So joke. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. He's like, Jamie, would you blow me? <laughs> oh, God, it's amazing. But She's like, no, about- the basement's too wet. <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. need to do humidifier. Superior <laughs> <laughs> remake the other person that girl Olga who gets fucking all disfigured and messed up in that one room and just yeah. torn apart and twisted every every which way yeah, all her bones brutal. are breaking and all of that yeah God. yeah oh, that yeah. was yeah that whole movie is brutal yeah man but in it um yeah brutal deaths I don't know I'm thinking of stuff. I, again, Rob Zombie, Halloween 2. I go for the stripper. Uh, the Frankenstein guy kill. The stripper's boss was kind of brutal. Um, the uh, the dude in the parking lot. Like, that whole strip club sequence was it's amazing. Great. Yes. It's yeah, stomping club. his face, which is exactly what I wanted to do after watching that Munsters movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a question. I'm watching the Munsters now, by the way. I'm like eight, eight episodes. Oh, I saw every episode before that new movie came out. Well, I never saw any of them except what happened in passing when I was a kid. But because it was black and white, it didn't catch my interest. And um, so I'm watching it now. And it got me thinking about the Rob Zombie one. And I was going to ask Ugh, you, God. remember the remember the perverted Frankenstein in, in, in H2? Yes. Is he the one that plays Herman in the new one? Because it made perfect sense. He plays he Grandpa. Oh, he plays Grandpa. Okay. Should have played Herman because he's done Frankenstein before, you know? The uh, the guy who plays Herman is the guy from Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Who gets his face on Halloween? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I was. Oh, the guy, the bouncer. Yeah, that's why I said that. Oh, that's why I said I wish I could. I wanted to see that again after watching Phillips or something like that. His real name? I don't know. Jeff Daniel Phillips. He's the Geico guy or the caveman guy. Oh, he also is in. uh, yeah, in Lords of Salem, he plays her like sort of love interest. I guess they have a history that that oh, lady. okay, all right, that DJ guy. Yeah, whitey. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's cool. No, I okay. Now I know who that is. Okay. Yeah, I used right. to really like him. Is he the guy that goes fuck, fuck? No, fuck. That okay. is the guy who was with Chief Unser in the car after they hit the cow. I know that, and and he went on to be. The main guy of thirty one or uh yeah, thirty one. Oh okay. Richard Brake? Richard Brake was the one that got his throat sliced and said fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he's the one who was talking about jamming his dick up a corpse's ass. Jam and jelly. Yeah. What's the difference between jam and jelly? You can't jelly your dick up a The dead chick's ass. Dead chick's ass, yeah. 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 <laughs> and you actually can. I try that with jelly. <laughs> Shook like a bowl full of jelly. Yes. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> lubricant. Tastes great. And then he went on to say, show me your salami, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Richard Brake. I, I just watched Three from Hell for the second time ever last week. So, oh, What do you think? I enjoyed it more the second time because I wasn't comparing. Right. So I, I don't hate it. I, 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 I liked it. I mean, it's not on the level of the first or the second, but... I had to get over the Sid Haig thing first and foremost, yeah. and then write some other. But it wasn't shot bad, or it wasn't done bad. It wasn't as poor as fucking Thirty One. I'll tell you that. I ate and they it. had Alvarez from Sons of Anarchy in there. Yes, they did. 
Yes, and he was, was cool. So no, I, I had fun with it. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, well, unless we can come up with any other brutal deaths, we could close this segment. Um... I would, I've, there are a ton of them, but... We could talk online. I could look around this room and look at all my movies and posters and come up with... And just go on and on and on for two hours. You know? Hatchet. When that guy gets cut in half and hatchet. Right, or when the girl gets her face pulled apart and hatchet. Wow. Oh, my God. What about this, Jason this... goes to hell when 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 the tent the un, the uncut one when yeah I like that oh man. that's one of the best ones in the franchise I think the only good thing about that movie is that yeah that movie has fifteen amazing seconds and all the rest is absolute garbage you know what I want to do I want to get Adam Marcus on this show and cussing um. <laughs> I think we have a lot to talk about. I think we should let him hear our retro, our review of part nine. And because I could easily contact him, he is really available on Facebook. And, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should get Adam Marcus on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. You know what we should do? We should do like we just did with Nightmare on Elm Street, but for the Friday the 13th movies <laughs> that we don't like, that have its biggest... Like, JP loves fucking Jason Goes to Hell. We should have him and Adam Marcus... To tell us why it's good. <laughs> well, you know, that, that John Rhodes, that, that interview that John Rhodes gave you guys yeah. for uh, Exploding Hits, like, yeah. I honestly, I felt, after listening to that, I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, like, he tried... Like it, the whole, all the shit that, uh, and, and that was for, that was not for Friday. That was for, um, Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw 3D. But, and I was just like, I actually liked his ideas for that movie. And he got shot down by the producers because they wanted to make it present day. And they're the whole reason that the timeline got fucked up. And I, I was like, oh man, I feel bad now for trashing him all these years. <laughs> no, you can't feel bad. He ruined your best guy ever yeah it didn't last but <laughs> oh well he only got franchise movies huh isn't that weird yeah why do they give that to him after jason i wouldn't let him anywhere near my properties oh shit wow you're right hey is there is there any other movie besides jason goes to hell that all three of us don't like that's in the friday franchise i would halloween say halloween five oh friday franchise no, no, um friday. because you know what I mean? I think that's the only one universally the three of us don't like. Everything else, somebody has a fan. You know what? I've been thinking about this. Like, people, you know, you see people mostly say nice things about Jason X. Like, you know, eh, it wasn't great, but... Some people hate it. Hate it. Right. But here's the thing. I was thinking about this. I think the proof is in the pudding. And the pudding is your rewatches. I've seen... Every Friday the 13th, a minimal, I can't imagine I've seen any of them less than 30 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I have seen Jason X like four times. Okay. I've seen Jason Goes to Hell like four times, so that's fair. That too. I don't, I don't think I've seen that more than four times. Right. The remake? A dozen no, for me, six. Wow, wow! I like the remake. I so do I, but I guess I don't. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Because I'm like, that's what I'm saying. The proofs in the pudding. Like, I, I don't think I could say I like them. 
It's been 20 years. Wouldn't I have watched it more than four times? You would think. If I liked it, right? Yeah, so I guess I don't. Well, you know what it is? A lot of times now, you watch them during summer, or you watch them on a Friday the 13th, and those movies don't have either of those vibes, too. And, like, if you're going to watch something on Friday the 13th, most normal people, I'm not saying Jamie, who might have the time to watch. Sometimes she watches, like, Five or six on a Friday the 13th. Yeah, she's good at doing like a lot of them. She could do that sometimes. I haven't had the luxury. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I just know Jamie's done. I'd say most normal Friday the 13th fans are going to pick between one and three max to watch that day. Right. When you're going to select a movie, I just don't see anybody saying, I want to watch Jason X. Or, you know what I'm saying? Over the other ones, because those the go-tos are the first four, at least. Yeah, that's true. You know, and we actually don't we and I, the only reason I end up watching like the, the ones that I don't really love are because we go in order. So like if tomorrow yeah. was Friday the 13th, uh, next time we get to actually it'll be in October, we get to start over. So it'll be one, two, three. And then the next nice. Friday the 13th will be four, five, six. And then the next Friday the 13th will be seven, eight. And then Brian will pretend like. We don't own number nine, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're forced to buy it in the box up. He always wants to skip that one. <laughs> well, they're not Friday the Thirteenth. The, right. the Paramount years one through eight count, and then right. they remake. They're standalones. That's it. Yep. That's the other one's true. Yeah, they don't really count. They're not really Friday the Thirteenth. Even movie. Freddy vs. Jason isn't. No, but it's more of a nightmare. We all know that. And that too, right? Right. I mean, it's like watching. It's like saying I want to watch The Wolfman, and instead of watching The Wolfman, <laughs> you watch David and Costello. You know, what I mean, or House of Frankenstein. Go better example. Yes, yeah, because he's in it. Right. Right. You're not gonna watch the fucking Wolfman. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather watch The Wolfman, or at least Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Right. Because they at least get a lot of him in there. Um, I actually like Jason X though, that especially when we did it for the retro, because I was having to write everything down and pay attention to the kills. There are some really good kills in there. No, there is. There is. It's great. There's great kills. If it wasn't in space, it, it's really the setting more than anything, which is sad. But honestly, and the cast is a little uh, sci-fi TV showy. Yeah. And the the sets are very sci-fi TV showy. <laughs> yeah, like I think the cast literally was on a, something called Andromeda or something. Like I think, th- yeah, I think three of these people are from that. Like it's it's very weird. Um, they just come off very cheap looking people. Um, I don't know, but yeah, no, the kills. And I thought about that too when I was thinking about this. And the kills really are good for the most part. Uh, it has one of the greatest kills in Friday the 13th history, or whatever you want to call it, Jason history, with the face mash. So, like, that—that that is almost as good as as the tent scene in Friday, or Jason 9. Freddy vs. Jason doesn't have a standout kill. Oh, yeah, I guess the bed folding thing. Yeah, that's everybody's favorite. Uh, even when we did our retro, I think we both chose that one. Right. There's too much CGI in that movie with the kills. Yeah. Remember that? There's a lot of it, man. His father and the guy's head pops off. And oh, when please. the guy's head spins around, the other. It's too. I don't know. I don't want to see CGI kills in a Friday the 13th. I just don't. Mm. Or a Jason thing. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense in a Freddy movie? Sure, I guess. 
Oh, oh my God. Speaking of Freddy, what the fuck? The fact that Tina's death and freaking and, and, and Glenn's death are not on that list, one of them, is great. Yeah. Those are brutal deaths. How did it get worse than those? I don't know. Or the vain guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Have a nice stroll, Ooh. asshole. <laughs> yes. I don't think I'll ever get past him walking through that door, though. I just can't wrap my head around that. I'm going to be that annoying guy who's still saying it doesn't make sense. See, I remember that that kill being on the cover of Fangoria, just the, with the guy's arms outstretched and yeah. the, his veins like coming up. And that freaked me out before the movie even came out. Like I just I see just yep. seeing it on the cover of Fangoria. I was like, oh, my God, because I have a vein thing. And when he clips it and he goes off the cliff. Yeah, that's great. I love how they're all banging on the window to wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> Fill up! <laughs> and I love how Nancy, like, <laughs> she's, like, not sharing her pills with anybody. Like, that's so funny. Because you know she has them. She's like, ah, uh, yeah, well, I don't think we'll be able to get anything until, like, five days from now. It's like, wait a minute. You have these. Waits for two more to die and then says, okay. <laughs> she's like, all right, I have three more for you guys. <laughs> he never mentioned that, but that's so funny. Wow. Right. How about Joey with that bedpan? He grabs a bedpan and he starts hitting everybody's fucking doors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That is great. Uh, yeah. Hey, this is Kane Roberts, and you better be careful because you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Rock hey. on. had its good years, its bad years, its good franchises, its bad franchises, its good remakes, bad remakes. Um, so everything now in horror really is um, what's old is new again. I mean, it's it's our dream come true, I guess. Uh, this is a show mostly based in nostalgia. I mean, you know, we did our amount of um, <clears throat> new horror reviews and stuff like that, but... Um, it seems that Hollywood is catering to people like us for sure with the whole requel thing, you know? Get the legacy characters back and do that. But I think even that, I think that shelf life, I'm not sure it has much of one left. Like, do you guys see that kind of running out of steam a lot quicker than remakes did? Possibly, and I think it's because, I think part of it at least, is that people have started to get nostalgia fatigue, I think, when it comes to the 80s specifically. And we are getting to the point where, I mean, we really are in 90s nostalgia time right now because, you know, that 
it goes cyclical for 30 years. Like back in the 80s, when uh, Dave and I were in school, I don't know about you, Dave, but we always had like sock hops and things like that because there was a lot of 50s nostalgia in the 80s. And then in the 90s, there was a lot of 60s nostalgia. So it just, you know, it goes. And we had a, a good run of 80s nostalgia. And honestly, I think the 80s stuff stuck around longer than anything else like there's um but that's because probably our generation is uh we're still like we are adults now but we're still prime adults like we're not old old um so there's a lot of us and we you know a lot of us have the money to spend on things and you know, get nostalgic about things. <laughs> That's their prey, really. The people with money. And they're like, these Gen Xers uh, surely got their life together by now. And huh. they could afford to go do these things. So, yeah, let's get them. And and here, here they are. So. Well, I think yeah, we're the first generation to really embrace the nostalgia to the point where it's everywhere. And uh, just like we're like the first generation that was born into playing video games and then um well not really i guess but you know it was after i was born but you know well home video games but still was, yeah it's and our- then as we got older like we, we we reached adulthood i mean you know that's when like all the mature video games were coming out because we were the generation that was playing video games at that time and we were spending all the money and doing all the things so they weren't aimed at kids anymore they were aimed at us <laughs> so uh yeah and i think you see that in horror as well for sure but it's the same thing like malls too malls we got to see them come up and we're going to see the decline it's like oh the my one, god the one thing that happened in, in our time that was like our generation but it's like i don't think it's going away the 80s stuff and i'll tell you why because a lot of people that are into the 80s like people like jamie and i's age okay it's like we have also nostalgia for the 90s we were there in our 20s in the 90s right. if you don't have nostalgia for your 20s i mean you should that's a great time too to me well, that's yeah, that's when, when i did Right, All my partying and word, you know, going to bars and going to concerts. Well, I still go to concerts, but you know what I mean. Like that was the prime. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have great nostalgia for the '90s, mm-hmm. just not the same kind no. of nostalgia that '90s kids have. Like you know, when they're all oh Power Rangers, and I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but there's not enough in the '90s. This is what I'm saying. The '80s to me, and I don't think this is my personal nostalgia speaking, but I it seems like the '80s to me have a plethora of of nostalgia and so many references that it's just completely ridiculous that it really was that great of a time yes we were young during there and everything else that i'll tell you what like my brother's seven years younger than me so yeah he was born in 79 so yeah he was a, a, a munchkin in the 80s he was a little little guy okay but i mean but he he has nostalgia for the 90s but he'll still tell us like you know my, when we hang out he still says the '80s were a better, a better generation. He goes, even though he was a teenager in in, in the '90s and all the other stuff, he was just like in at that age, um, you know. He still thinks that the '80s and everything that we were doing was way cooler than the it '90s. Was. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't think that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's us being just having our own personal bias about it. I think that if you look at it, there's so much to pick from in the eighties. Look at like a picture of all the cool stuff from the eighties. Then look at the stuff from the nineties. What do you see? 
grunge, flannel, some cartoons, a couple things, a couple political oh, things. Oh, Dave, but, no, but no, no. There's near as much material as there is, Dave. There is, absolutely. You think so? It oh. Seem like, like, I could sit here and talk about 180s things and list them off right now, and you say, say 100 things about the 90s. Yeah. I think I'm done after 20. I think well, I'm I've like, also noticed a lot of people who have nostalgia for the 90s, and I've seen this a lot recently, where people are like, oh man, the 90s were great. And then they'll mention something that was in the 80s. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, sorry. Well, my <laughs> stuff bleeds for both. Like for, <clears throat> yeah, like we all know the 80s. I mean, do I really guys say any of those? So, um, so many. So many that's th- what it is, right? But then in the 90s, like, I couldn't do it justice sitting in this chair unless I knew I was going to have this conversation and I would have, like, put a list together. But horror wasn't anything that amazing in the 90s, but, like, TV shows were booming with Say by the Bell, 90210, Beavis and Butthead, Married with Children, like... Roseanne. Roseanne. A, a lot of people, not, not me, but a lot of people, like... You know, Friends, Full House, um, um, Fresh Prince. Uh, Seinfeld. What was I think? Seinfeld was Great thing. shows. Um, Tales from the Crypt. The 80s compared to the 90s. I think there's just as many great 80s shows. I Okay, well, let's just say this. The 90s gives the 80s its best competition. Well, for TV shows, 100%. For everything. For music. Everybody keeps Ooh. saying that about 90s. 60s and 70s, man. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, go, Dave. Oh. Like... Uh, I had a guy. We were had a, we had a happy hour at work the other day, and uh, this one guy was. He's like, "What's your favorite period of music?" Mine's the nineties. Like I was like sixties <laughs> through the eighties, and he's like, "No, man, nineties." And then they started playing Nirvana, and I was like, "I fucking hate Nirvana." <laughs> that that's like um, weird talk. Like just to say Nirvana, because like Nirvana was what might might have been the peak of the iceberg, but there was so much to that iceberg. Seriously, there's a lot of good music in the '90s. Don't get me wrong. Oh, like I, I was it. all I was all about alternative rock in the '90s, and I loved that shit. But it it broke my heart that metal took such a hard fall that it did and then grunge came in and I was never a big grunge fan but like other alternative stuff I liked Lots and of stuff. Um, and there's a lot of great music there but I still feel like music from the 80s you've got everything in the 80s like every genre was just popping including pop Ozzy, you got Alice Cooper you have Metallica, you have so Pantera you have all the metal bands really doing most of their best work at that time. You have, in the 80s, you have all the pop music doing their best. You have, like, Madonna doing her best. You have, like, yeah, like, all, all those the types of people. British New Wave. Uh, I mean, early it, rap. And yes, yes. The early punk. Not the early punk, but the, the, the 80s. You get the rise of certain type of music and, and uh, straight edge. And then you got, like, speed metal in the 80s and all. And metal started doing more things. But believe it or not, I prefer the 90s music overall. I think the 90s were more uh, eclectic. I think there was a lot more going on. Uh, so many, like, if I look at my top 20 or 30 favorite bands, I'm going to probably end up saying that it's going to be, like, 70% 90s. Oh, of course it is, because yeah. think about it. Like, we love the 80s. I'll always play 80s channels for sure. But my real experiences that brought depths to who I am are the things that were going on during my formative years. And it, 
I, I could look back and sort of remember what my parents were playing when I was like eight or nine in the car or whatever. But and you know, I'll, I'll always look fondly on that stuff, um, except Michael Jackson now and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like the '90s are the ones that um, that I actually lived through, and that was that was the things that spoke to me growing up. Um, and stuff like that, and but I, of course I reflect and I look back and I could totally embrace, um, like Al- my favorite guy is Alice Cooper, and that was really like the seventies and eight. And I, then again, he was there for everything, but but his 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 true voice, I guess you could say, was coming out in the seventies and eighties. So I can still totally connect with it, but there's just something different about music that was coming out while you were young, and and I, I don't mean young, I mean like in your teens. You know, like that speaks to you on a different level. Yes, it does. It's very impressionable to you. It's very, it's, yeah, especially, it depends on what's coming out. Like you had party music in the 80s, which was great. Like if you think about heavy metal bands and, you know, Motley Crue and let's all, you know, hook up with girls and get drunk and stuff. And that's fun. You know what I mean? Then in the 90s, you had other stuff and then you got, things got topical. People got miserable in the 90s, but it was kind of speaking for the times and the generation we had. And then we had the hip hop, which my favorite year of music period is 1988. But for me, the the hip hop peak is really like 87 to like, you know, like 93. So it, it encompasses both, you know? So I just, in general, I, I, I give the eighties, the nod in everything except music. I, I take nineties over eighties in music. And that's the only thing I take nineties over. So I'm, I'm fair about it. I, I feel like I am. I'm like, well, this is I what I've always wondered about the nineties. And as far as music is concerned, there was so much aggro music in the nineties, what the fuck were we pissed off about? Because there was nothing going on. Like, there was nothing bad going on in the 90s. But everybody was so pissed off. <laughs> like, a lot of broken homes, man. A lot of freaking... Well, yeah, but we had that in the 80s. I mean, you and I were both latchkey kids. Well, yeah, but the 80s were so much fun to everybody. Well, so was I. Time. It's- well, yeah, also all of us were latchkey kids. And I, I don't know, I... I just was, I look back on 90s music now and I'm like, God damn, what the fuck were we so mad about? <laughs> I'm angry. Well, you know what it was? I know what it was, Jamie. They weren't really angry. What what it was is that I think they, they saw that music that was right before the turn as kind of vapid. Um, you know, and, and I think that they felt like, well, I don't want to go, girls, girls. Like, I, I want to have something... That, for, that comes from me. I have something to say. And I think whenever you kind of look at yourself um, invertly, I think you always go to the darkness. I, I don't think you ever, like, look, like, introspectively to yourself and think of the happiest stuff. Like, hey, I'm going to tell everybody why I'm so happy about stuff. Like, I think it's it's always going to be... I it's, Think about it. Like, every conversation you have with people... You, you ever know those people who just like to come over and just bitch and moan about everything in their life that's bad or wrong or whatever? Like, that's human nature. I think people just like to... That's sad. Yeah, get the dark out for some reason. And I remember, I think it changed, like, my entire path in life, honestly. Um, I think I tried that um, a couple times in life. And in my experience, maybe it's just because of where I grew up or whatever, people weren't, weren't having it. Like, nobody wanted to hear that. So 
I, th I think once I realized that when I try to open up about the darker side of me, especially in my te teens and 20s, like I had a lot of dark periods, like in late teens, early 20s. And yeah, when we I, all did, I bet. Yeah. And when I, well, I hope, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so when I, when I tried to externalize these things, like no one was having it, like nobody, friends, family, nobody. So then I knew that I was kind of like isolated that way. And then I guess I just dropped it. My life was from here forward. It's going to be about entertaining myself through everything's going to be humor. Everything's going to be the joke of everything, the sarcasm of everything. It's all just going to be a big joke to me, kind of, in a way. And, I, I, like, everything was going to be seen lighthearted, and I was no longer going to see the the dark side of anything or definitely not express it in any way. So, and the I think the only way I ever expressed it after that point was through my music at the time, and that is it. Like, all my lyrics were still like that, but I think that was, I think that was my outlet. Other than that, I didn't talk about these things anymore. So it's weird that even when I did music, that's what that that's what you do. I guess you think, I guess you always think that people are going to think it's corny if you go any other route. Back then, no one could talk about the shit that was going on because we come from a generation of parents who were like, you know, figure that shit out, fix it yourself. And and to be honest, I am I am 100 percent grateful that that's the upbringing I had because of that. I am capable and strong and I have taken care of myself before I got married to Brian. I took care of myself for many years, many, 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 many years. And I I love that. I love that that's what I had. But there wasn't anyone to talk to. And nowadays, though, people are so much more open to having those discussions. Mental health is a big deal. And, you know, as it should be. And people are more comfortable talking about those things. Whereas when I was a kid, like my grandmother died and my grandfather went outside to the garage so he could cry because no one could see him cry because that wasn't a manly thing to do. You know, so we have definitely... Uh, a, I mean, aged. We've definitely grown uh, as far as approaching those subjects. And so maybe, I mean, I guess, you know, that does make sense. You know, people had a lot of, I just don't know what the, what the, or like break stuff, for instance. I fucking love the song, but what are you so angry about? <laughs> it's that age, man. It's the age. It's teen angst spilled over into early 20s and and wanting more than because it's like take a look at the adults around us they're all so lame there's wars there's this there's fucking all this drama going on i want to be in love i'm sick of having bad relationships all the, i don't know it's just i think it's just the time i think it's youth it's it's another kind of revolution there was nothing to revolt against the same way where we once had it well we used to have a real revolution in the 60s and the 70s right. for people that really had something to complain about and but they bonded over it and, they, and they made music over it and they did stuff and and their music was happier oddly enough like the music in the 60s and 50s was happy well there you go the 60s and the 70s once you get into the hippie era and I mean it, it, yes you know there's protest involved with this 
but the ultimate thing is it's light and love. It's like we need to spread light and love. That's what we Even, need now, to be honest. That, that's how we live, man. And what do you think is what do you think official is? Why do you think the people at, at official are like every time I'm there, I tell my wife, there's no question, no question that this is not the happiest place in the world right now. You have 20, 30,000 people in this place that are all pleased as pie to be in this room and all have huge smiles on their faces and you can hug a total stranger and high five and celebrate and make all these references and it's just such a great vibe. That's what I'm saying about stuff like that and it's... It starts early with, you know, Grateful Dead and acid tests and, and stuff in the San Francisco and the hippie movement. That was all about love. At the same time, they were protesting Vietnam, but they were saying, hey, we don't need to fight. We need to come together. And- <laughs> we need to have sex. Right. <laughs> and sex some drugs. Yeah, let's do drugs, have sex, and then you guys can get angry about it later. All I knew is the 90s for me was fucking perfect. Like, I had, that's when I was young. I had shitty jobs. My only responsibilities were to pay my bills, but then I could fuck off and do whatever I wanted. Like, it just, it, I didn't have anything to complain about in the 20s. Now, I didn't have a lot of money because I had shit jobs, but I didn't, but I also didn't give a shit. You know, I was living my best life. Yeah, because we didn't know any better. Right. I was up playing video games till two, three, four, five in the morning and then Great drinking. Stuff. And then you could just depend on your parents, really, for their important things. And it's like... Oh, well, no, I couldn't, but... <laughs> well, at the time, I could I was um, spoiled forever. Shit, I, I admit it. <laughs> I used to think I was living like a king, because I had this little wooden box in my closet, and I had $200 in 20s. And I thought... <laughs> I walked around, like, remember how Dylan was like a millionaire and now it's 2-0? I thought I was... Because I had this $200. Money is security. Money in the bank is security. I mean, it's all a state of mind, ultimately. Yeah, that's all when it you, was. Really, when you get down to it, none of it matters. As long as you live each day and you feel good and you have your health. And it doesn't matter if you have $5 in the bank or 500000 As long as your bills are paid and you, you live each day and you enjoy your life. That Ultimately, that's my attitude about life. I know maybe not everybody shares it, but I'm just very... I don't know. My attitude is just different, I guess. I just, you know, I'm just, I just try to be, live one day at a time and, and, and try to be happy is what it comes down to. Well, that's all you can do. Yeah, I've learned it. Otherwise, I, I would drive myself crazy, man. You know? Yeah. Shit. Well, in bringing this up, I was getting to, to horror remakes. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is good, though. No, I'm totally kidding. No, but. <laughs> I guess that's where I don't. I forgot where I was kind of going with this, but no. Well, this, it started because you had a question about um, <laughs> is something going to die out? What was it? Oh, nostalgia. Is nostalgia going to die it's out? It's not going to die out. And it's because of what I said. Jamie's because, wrong. Jamie's wrong. Oh, Jamie, no, no, Jamie isn't wrong. The thing, I, I think Jamie agrees with me that the people that grew up in the 80s, also a lot of them, like us, people our age, also grew up. 90s they still prefer the 80s and there's a reason for it to me there's more there's more vibrancy there There, there's more uh fruit on that tree and it's almost like my brother said this once he goes to me because he's younger and i I guess as i said earlier he's like the the 90s were basically just more of like everything that you saw in the 80s pardon not everything but a lot of stuff you saw in the 90s was just spillover from the 80s 
a know, lot of it, especially the early 90s. Yes, it's when, like when you think big hair, you think the 80s. But seriously, right. 90, 91, like, I mean, right. hair was huge and everything was bright colors and people were wearing spandex. And I mean, yeah. but you, know, you guys are forgetting you're forgetting um you're forgetting Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in the 90s. You're forgetting Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. Schwarzenegger was in the 80s. Commando and fucking Terminator are 80s movies. And <laughs> yeah, Predator. But 91 was T2. Yeah, see, 91 to me, and I know it's unfair, it's almost... See, I graduated in 91, so I guess when I look back at my childhood, I think about, you know, like 80 to like, to like 91 as being the 80s. I know, uh, of course it's not, but I'm just picturing myself... You know, yeah. being a, a senior in high school, that's when, like, Use Your Illusion came out. That's when Enter Sandman, uh, Metallica Black Album, that's when, like, The Trader 2 came out. It's It just seems to me, like, when I think about 91, I lump it in with my childhood stuff more than, like, I have, like, playlists. I have a playlist called 90s, but everything that's on that 90s playlist... <laughs> it stops at 92. No, it doesn't No, It starts at 92, yeah. That's, oh, oh duh, 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 yeah, right. That's what I'm saying, so, yeah. Then I have another list called Childhood, and it's all music that I heard. No, in wait my- a minute, wait a minute. This don't make sense now. So you're telling me you think of Alice Cooper's Hey Stupid album, Nevermind from Nirvana, and the Black album as 80s music? Not as 80s music, but when I think about those albums, I think about Childhood because I'm still in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think after high school, then everything changes. Then it's college and, and work and, and going out to bars. Because remember, you know, it's just a different... It's just a different lifestyle. And then I started doing other stuff. Like, see, for me, 93 changed everything. 93 was when I went to my first Dead show. June 13th. June 13th, 1993. I went to my first Dead show, took my first hit of That was my graduation day. Word? Wow. That's when Jason Goes to Hell came out. So the day you graduated, I took acid for the first time at at a Dead show. Think about that. That is awesome. You both graduated something else. Right, man. But that's the time period for me. That's what there was. All I was doing was partying from like after graduation to like freaking like ninety five. Like just getting high every day and taking a lot of acid for like. Uh, don't you miss it? Of course, oh, I, yes. I miss everything about about the nineties and the eighties. Hundred every day of my life. Pee Wee's Playhouse was the nineties. Yeah, see, the, see, that's the thing. By the time Pee Wee's Playhouse came around, it was targeted for for youth, and I still did watch it. You know, I was I was checking it. Oh, you had to. You know. It's weird though, but that's how I, when I think about 90 and 91, I still consider it childhood, and I, I, I think of childhood as being A. So it's unfair. It's just like my own type of my reference, you know what I mean? And everything else, like in 90s to me, is more about working, being at the pizzeria, my family place, and being there every night from 3 to 11 to the songs that were on the radio and getting out of work after and getting high and staying up all night till 3, 4 in the morning, sleep till freaking noon and doing it again. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, man, but that's not the 80s. It's, it's a whole different, so it's like, you know, I don't know. It's great times, though. Just talking about it, you can probably hear the freaking, the pep pep in my voice. It's it's the, the greatest. I'm going to have to put you on mute. And here's the <laughs> thing. The 90s were the last decade that have an identity. Oh, that, that's what I was going to, that's where I was going with this. Yeah, there is nothing anymore. Everything is soulless now. That's the word. It's all the same. Yeah, try to have a, a party for the 2000s. 
really, you're going to have a couple references there, maybe a couple celebrities. You could wear the same clothes that you wear today. (laughs) You could wear the same clothes from 2001 that you could wear today and nobody would say anything. See, that's what I'm saying. There's no fucking identification and that's the way they want it. And, and, and the, that, that's the way they want they want society to be soulless and not creative give me your money just give me your money just like George Carlin said dumb stupid obedient workers to yep. do no critical thinking just be good workers give us your tax money give us this give it give us your your bodies your long hours give us your free time do all that that's what they want they don't want you to start revolutions of styles and revolutions of creativity and all that they don't they don't need that they want them fighting with each other which is all you see everywhere now (laughs) that's all they want us to do is to hate each other so and so even politically all all we ever hear about is the complete far left and far right you don't ever hear normal people who are like what are you talking about like even even left people who are like no i don't think that or right people like no I don't want this. Or like, like, you don't hear really any of those people. You just hear the a- absolute crazies because that's what they want you to do. They, and yep. they're the loudest. They're the loudest. It's true. They the have to hear it all. When we were kids, Jamie, right? People didn't yeah. talk about politics. I don't remember no. talking it. No. We were told not to talk about it. Go that was a rule. You want. didn't talk about politics. You didn't talk about religion. And you didn't try to tell people how to raise their kids. And now... Oh, God. Stay this way. Now, but the thing is, then if you tell somebody that, they'll say, Oh, so you want us to not share our opinions? To sit here? You're making... They make us sound like the bad guys saying that. But yeah, I would love it if you didn't share your opinion. Thank you so Please much. Please don't. Yeah. opinions. Who needs them, right? Speaking of the... Do you know, and I have seen these articles over and over again when I read the news every day, and I, just for the record, (laughs) I read both sides. Like, I like to see what's out there from both sides. But I keep seeing these these instances of people packing their children's lunches and them, the kids coming home with a note from the teacher where they either refused to give them something that was in their lunch because it they didn't think it was healthy enough or they're like, please help, uh, you know, please help Zoe make better choices. And I'm like, bitch, stay out of my kids lunch. Like, <laughs> right. Like we are we are to the point now where everybody's in your fucking business. And I'm just like, get the I, mean, I don't even think my teachers knew if I ate or not. Like, no, my daughter never ate. <laughs> My daughter never ate in school. She doesn't eat lunch. We would pack her shit every day, and she'd come home with the same set of that she just never ate lunch. So, yeah, they never paid attention to her. I used to just save my lunch money and, like, buy things with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, nowadays, I don't even want to think about nowadays. I- I'm so oh, stuck. Oh, what's happening now? Oh, I would kill these teachers. This is what I miss the most, and I said this recently on Exploding Eds, the commercial jingles of the 80s. We don't have jingles anymore. There's nothing anymore. That's why I'm saying it's soulless now. I'm not saying commercials themselves, by definition, have to be soulless because they're trying to sell you something. But at least, at least there's memorable. Make it entertaining. <laughs> yes, there's memorable freaking to this can sing those jingles. No, there are no jingles. The best example ever, and you're going to agree with this because you watch football. I think everybody watches the Super Bowl, right? In the NFL, I'm ne- they'll never get another penny of mine. But anyway, oh, no, I, I would never support any of these people again it's corporate evil bastards of them all now but oh, i'm I- done i'm done uh i yeah i don't watch any bears games nothing i haven't watched Actually, a bears game. I just don't pay for them you know oh, i don't i don't even watch them good on you 
So, did you notice? Weren't your best memories? Well, some of the best memories growing up. The Super Bowl commercials. Oh my God! Well, Not yeah, people who don't even like football watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Okay, yep. good. Have you noticed in the last twenty years they are just regular commercials, and now there might be one out of five or six that is even remotely reminiscent of what they used to do in the eighties and nineties. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Is that not mind blowing? I remember when Sad. I first sat down, and I was so excited because it was just another year, and I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to see all these funny commercials." So then I just didn't see a car commercial. I'm like, "Huh, that's weird." Wait, is anybody gonna get hit with the car or something and go flying over a mountain or something? Like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> then you see another commercial. It's just about Pizza Hut, and you're like, "Oh, isn't?" Uh, isn't a big like a Bigfoot guy gonna come through the window and grab the pizza box and go like I don't know anything like is nothing happening and then the next one oh you could start a website uh, go to GoDaddy.com and oh, oh no even yeah. even then all the dot coms yeah remember that they had the hot girl at least for that commercial I think true true uh, or am I thinking Doritos I uh, Oh, the Doritos, the Doritos ad where she was walking in the door in slow motion in the... Right. And then she did laundry or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, even that. Like, that was about the end of it right there. The last thing I remember is everybody going gaga for those talking babies, which I didn't think was a big deal. Oh, God, remember that? But people loved those talking babies for a few years there. Right. And that was the last creative... um, Check it. Guess what the best one was in the last 10 years. And, of course, guess why it was great. It was the Radio Shack one when they said the 80s called. They oh, went, yeah. Of course, it's about the 80s. There you yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> you know? Hulk Hogan was in that one with a skull. <laughs> <He was. laughs> it was great. It was fun. I was like, oh, look at this. All the 80s in one room. That was cool. But that's it. What else is there? Seriously, I, dude, I, I remember being excited. The first commercial for the first break was always the most memorable one. It's almost like they knew it was going to be the big hit. And I remember this more than anything. Fucking Bud Bowl. Remember Bud Bowl? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, they stopped doing that. Why would they stop that? What? You know what I got into? It keeps on doing those frogs, Bud. Wiser. Which was a or two. And then it got into the freaking what's up. And then that's right. it. And that so was it. Commercials. Yeah, so long. And and that is that, that right there. If anybody thinks, oh, these are just a bunch of old 40-year-olds who are bitching and moaning about <laughs> how things were good then and everything sucks now, but wait till they are dead and we're all thinking about how great 2017 was and all this stuff. And it's like, guys, it's, it's literally the writing is on the wall. If you just look at key things, look at MTV, look Aww. at... Look at the Super Bowl commercials. Look at your music. Look at... Movies? Movies fucking period? Clothing. Yeah, they have movies. Like, you, if, you could, if you could step out of your house wearing something from 25 years ago and no one says a word, that's, that's wrong. You should not be able to do that. In the, in the 80s, people could have walked out with bell bottoms and somebody was like, oh, God. Where's your Nehru jacket? You know, like, <laughs> people would have, you, you just can't do that. Now, you can't, because everything's no, so it contemporary. Was, 
The 70s was so distinct when it came to fashion yeah. and so was the 80s. Yes. And so you can't you couldn't mix those two. But I remember thinking in the 90s, like being being in school, in high school in the 90s, thinking, God, this is really and watching like all the like people are wearing bell bottom again, bell bottoms yeah, again yeah, and yeah. like low rise jeans, which honestly I love those. I think they are way more flattering than the fucking mom jeans that came back. And I don't even get that. But well, that was because <laughs> of Jesse from Saved by the Bell. She did that. But uh, <laughs> but I I loved the jeans back then. But then all I was thinking at the time was, my God, this is the '60s all over again. Like it 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 was. There were the patterns and the colors and the mini skirts and the and it was just the 60s and i was like so the 90s don't really have their own thing that was in the beginning and then we got and then they did you know eventually but, yeah well the, unfortunately it got big and baggy though that was weird yeah oh like uh jenko's and yeah yeah that was never my bag but remember that yeah <laughs> yeah remember that but yeah i mean the 2000s i still have look i have clothes that are older than some of my coworkers <laughs> that like business clothes that I wear to work, I get compliments on them all the time. And I'm like, thanks. I've had this for like 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody knows. (laughs) And and think about the haircuts, today's haircuts, even it's all faded up to, it's all the, the tight skin tight to the fade up and some hair in the top. And you could literally walk around with that haircut for the last 25 years and nobody would say anything to you. Yeah. But if you walked around with a haircut from the 80s or the 70s or 60s even, because that would be weird, uh, people would definitely say something to you like, oh, wow, look at that, huh? Like, but but you could have had the same fade haircut for 25 years and nobody says a word. And people still do it like they, they're the first ones to have that haircut. And 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 that's all. Like, it's just, it's just a really weird weird uh, thing. It's just like, I don't know, it's like the creative boom uh, was at its peak in the 80s and then then it still had residual effects in the 90s, so the 90s were awesome. That that had its own voice and, and it had its own representatives, whether it's Tupac or Kurt Cobain or whatever was going on. Um, you Oh, even, even the 80s image or or thought of what the 2020s would be was far more interesting than what it is. Look at Back to the Future Part 2. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we thought we'd be in Jetsons cars by now. We did. Or, or at least dressed like Biff and his friends, where all of our clothes were, like, robotic or something. <laughs> Remember when he stood up and that jacket was like... <laughs> yeah, like, nothing at all is interesting. Then, right then, remember those hoverboards in that movie where they're, they're riding the fucking thing? I remember talking about that. Oh man, that those are going to be cool. And then we actually yeah. got hoverboards, and they're yeah. not really the ones we were waiting for. No, they're skateboards. Yeah. I I go, that's a hoverboard. Like I, when, when people were talking about hoverboards, I thought we'd reach the future. I thought there was a, fucking, <laughs> a thing where you actually stood on something and it it moved you like a, like a flying skateboard. And then when somebody showed me what a hoverboard was, I go, that fucking thing. It's like a, a pogo stick. It just didn't. I don't know. You can't even get your your Michael Jordan isn't even as interesting as Michael Jordan was. He's not even he's not even really the greatest basketball player like everybody puts him up to be. He he lost 
as many championships as Michael Jordan won, and Michael Jordan lost zero. Like, think of the difference in that. And this guy had to go to, like, four different teams and join all these great players and Hall of Famers just to win anything. And Jordan, just whoever came onto the team, he made it work. He, well, yeah. They got Pippen, which was a natural thing, and then they traded for Rodman, who, no offense, he wasn't doing anything that amazing in San, Francisco, in, uh, San Antonio. So... It just worked because Jordan made it work. He makes people around him great. LeBron has to glom on to teams that already have great players because he can't make anybody great. Like, well, yeah, we, dude, even sports back then. Think about sports in the eighties and nineties. Remember all those shirts that we used to have with the big heads on them, the cartoon ones, and mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. was so much life. The NBA was a million times better. You had like Isaiah and Olajuwon and Bird and Magic and freaking Jordan. You could go on and on. Barkley and th- there was all this personality. It's the same thing and, and then everything. What about we had great – all the sports had all these greats. Like now, yes, we still have these greats 100%. They're different. They're better athletes. Although they, they're, they're still not – no one's going to break Gretzky's records and Jordan's records. I just don't see it happening. But either way – we, we had these things happening, and it's just like now there's a lot of talent out there, but it just doesn't – it just seems – again, it just seems soulless. Everything just kind of – I don't know. Like, uh, you know, currently I'm watching Mike Tyson. This is what I do every Friday night. One of the things I do is I bought the, all the Tyson DVDs of every fight he ever had. Me too. Every, I got that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, there you go. So every Friday night we watch one. We watch a fight. And to see his rise – Freaking from fight one to whatever. It's when when Tyson lost that fight against Buster Douglas, it was one of the most heartbreaking things that I'd ever seen on TV because I I saw his rise and nobody could compete with the guy. And if you're just talking about athletics, then you have these dominating players. Now there's a lot of great dominating players, but there's and and props to them because athleticism is at an all-time high. Same thing with wrestling. These people are doing these athletics that they didn't used to do, but it just seems like the soul has been sucked out of so many things. There's no va-va-voom. I don't know. I can't even... It's hard to put into... Yeah, we just had SummerSlam here this past weekend, and uh, one of my coworkers went with her daughter. Her daughter's a huge wrestling fan. Like, she's in love with Roman Reigns, but... Like, so they go to every time something comes to Detroit, they go. So they went to SummerSlam. And so Monday I was like, hey, do you guys have a good time at SummerSlam? And she's like, eh. That's too bad. I'm like, oh. Hi, this is Doc Bradley, Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. And you're listening to the Skeleton Crew. And you'd better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart.
just had a conversation with the guys uh, who talked about my movie. Uh, I was on a podcast recently, Horror with Sir Sturdy. I was kind of interviewed for my Jason movie I made um, for... Oh, was it with those guys? The yeah. ones that... Oh, how did that go? Is it up yet? I want to see it. Yeah, it's up, yeah. Okay. It, it was... It went fine. Okay. They, uh, for those of you who don't know, a new podcast team, I guess, um, they're really into Friday 13th stuff, and I guess their first venture or whatever is to watch and review all the fan films. So... For some reason, mine got thrown in there, and I they were totally under the impression that my movie was kind of created in the same vein as, like, all these newer um, movies like Never Hike Alone or whatever, or, and uh, the Vengeance movies, and all these movies that... Oh, you mean with a budget? <laughs> yeah, for 50000 <laughs> or more dollars. And then they, like, hire actors and special effects guys and camera guys and lighting guys and sound guys and, uh, you know, everything a, n- a normal movie has. And uh, they, they had no idea that I just shot it with a cell phone with friends uh, over the span of four weekends or so with no script, no actors, no budget, no lighting, no cameramen, just me, um, no actual train director, nothing, just me. And like I, they they totally did not understand where that movie was coming from. They didn't they didn't appreciate the humor because they were like, I don't get it. To them, it was so close to being a good movie, but I didn't do this, that, and the other thing. And what they didn't understand is those things couldn't be done or would never be done with no budget and no um, script or no makeup people, no any real team that anyone's used to when seeing a film being made so i basically had to go on there and kind of explain all this to them and they also watched my um video commentary of my movie that i made a year after the movie came out so between those two things and that we had a good time it was fine they totally got it and they and they they still think i should do things um film wise um and i suggested without the things i talked about with, that, with lacking all those things, I don't think I would ever do this again, but I would be willing to just maybe with like a couple friends, maybe write some shorts, like 10 minute stuff and like do like a, a psycho thing at, where I would be like Norman Bates or whatever, or just some kind of killer, like more like American Psycho maybe. And, um, do like shorts like that and things that are easy to film and maybe, you know, something I could whip up and something psychological and good or whatever and not attempt like these full length movies with none of those things at my disposal again, you know. So they're they're actually into that. So yeah, it ends up being a good conversation. Well good, I'm glad. Yeah, that's cool. And and props to them. I don't think I could watch all those those fan films. Yeah. I mean, I watched yours because it's yours, and yours has, it was a different approach, but... Yeah, it wasn't serious. I don't know if I'm a jerk for saying that. I just don't have any... I mean, I did like Never Hike Alone, I, I, for sure. I just don't have a... I don't know. A, a, oh, most of them, yeah, most of them I don't like, or I just don't care about, I guess. Yeah, you know. I don't care about them. Right. And I, I'm, I'm grateful... I mean, I don't mean to knock the people because they're obviously. No, 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 no. I love that they're doing it. I just don't, you know. It's not your bag. 
Yeah. And I, I yeah. love Alex's because I yeah. know Alex and I was interest, interested in it because I knew you and I knew your, uh, how you personally feel about the franchise and, you know, the stuff that you would put in there. And I did notice when they were reviewing it, they mentioned like the Duff beer. Uh, <laughs> they mentioned, you know, the music choices, um, which no one can fault you for your music because th- uh, that was just incredible. That, thanks. That I felt mission accomplished, definitely. Like, the score things I chose for that movie, definitely happy with that. But, yeah, listen, you're not going to get, like, everything... Like, think of their perspective. They're just, like, thinking that I am throwing my hat in the ring with all these real uh, fan films. And or the, now they understand that, no, that's... how. And you never said you were. Like, you never, you never presented it that way. No. I never in my life, for one second, during filming that movie, did I ever think of vengeance or never hike alone or anything you like that. You even went out of your way to see video. Now, these guys probably weren't privy to it because you had to be in the skeleton crew page to see it. But you went out of your way more than once to say, listen, guys, don't take this overly serious. This <laughs> is, I forgot the, the verbiage you used, but it was basically this was for fun. This was me it was, it was and friends. It was done over a short time. We didn't plan on doing this. This isn't to be taken seriously like a, a, a real movie. No, at all. No. And you said this time and time again. So time and time again. It's prepared but they didn't know because they weren't in the skeleton crew page. So that's. But you covered this, you know, which is smart. And I wasn't saying it just because I knew it sucked or anything like that. <laughs> no. It is what it is. Like, it's not about sucking or anything. If it does, fine, whatever. But it's not even about that. It's that it's not at the level of what you might be thinking when you now that you've seen these other movies is what I was trying to get out there. It's basically the ghost of Michael Myers for an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But it's with Jason. So that's all it was. I Listen, thanks for thinking it looks so good or whatever, but that's just because it was a 4K camera and maybe that look uh, threw you off and you thought it would be better because it looked good or whatever. Or you thought since the music I put in was good choices, uh, it would be better. But no, it's I just came up with things on the spot. We were in a camp. I said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Why don't we do this? We're going to drive it. Hey, why don't we do this? And that's it. And you can't make a movie by why don't we do this? Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not going to happen. That's not how you make movies. So so you have to understand that that's where it's coming from. Otherwise, you're going to be totally like, what is this? You know? So, yeah, it was it was fun. It was a good conversation. And those guys are cool. We, we became like uh, friends now. So we're good. Oh, that's cool. Good. Now I don't have I don't have to light them up. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I would. Oh, thanks. I know. The only reason I didn't is because I knew you were going on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're like, well, let me hold fire till uh, see how that pans out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was a cool segment. I guess we'll wrap. And this is long enough for a real show, so we can just wrap it up. <clears throat> Isn't that weird? Like, we didn't even plan on that, and that we, we have a full show out of just one of the topics. That's cool. See? <laughs> yep. So you can't make a movie that way, but apparently you can make a podcast that way. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to listen, yeah, for sure. They'll listen. Yeah. That, and that's just it. People listen. If they, if they happen to like the host, they'll listen. Unless it's really boring. If we sat here, you know, and started talking about, you know, biodegradable plastic or something. Yeah. Even we can be boring i think oh sure well if the topic's boring uh, w- w- there's only so much we could do right right 
as amazingly entertaining and interesting as we are, even ah. us three can somehow bore somebody. I'm sure. I don't know yeah. how, but I, I think it can be done. Thanks for, uh, if you're still here, <laughs> sticking around. Uh, this is a very different Skeleton Crew show, if you noticed. Um, yeah, you should talk about that, Alex. You should say, like, kind of like, well, I don't know if you should, but just like, you know, modern day, what your ideas are for, for the Skeleton Crew and, like, different things that we might be doing. And, you know, just the kind of season, if, if you will, that you're talking about having, you know? Yeah, so... Uh, this run of the Skeleton Crew, um, of course you didn't expect it. There was no reason for it. There was no build-up, nothing like that. It was just, hey, so do you want to do something? Uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> I think a lot of things in my life are turning out like that. Yeah, so like that's what this is. And uh, it's definitely a run. We, we'd like to coast through this uh, little uh, jet stream we're in right now, which is, I think, going really good. One of the some of the best some of the, my funnest times right now and you guys too i hope i know we all had a great time with the freddy stuff and definitely with we had a great time with uh the top oh god T- big 10 hot 10 hot hot 10 of the big three Boom. yes so how much fun was that that was a blast yes loved it yeah we always promised like 10 years ago the best tits show and instead we got that, which I think is definitely better than just talking about sets. So that was a great time. So basically, um, if you notice, things are different, which you should have by now. It's because I don't want to say like reviewing movies feels like a job or anything, but it can sometimes. Um, it definitely seems like work. A lot like when you're sitting there taking notes and even when you have to watch it because don't, don't forget people usually watch movies because they want to and then sometimes we do sometimes we'll say hey do you want to do this and yeah that sounds great yeah i definitely want to talk about x whatever movies and it's like yeah that sounds great and then you do it and it is fun when you're doing it but other times it's like um it kind of is is like work a little so um we would just like to loosen things up we definitely still have movies to talk about there's definitely things but even in doing that it might not be horror or or just exactly horror it might have horror elements to it and stuff like that so we we are moving away sort of from what you're used to and in not doing horror exactly i don't want to drop another metallica reference i'm not saying there's our load reload period or anything <laughs> but uh heaven for we're going a little lighter maybe in that sense um like it might not just be horror anymore now we're going a little alternative or whatever so again everything we talk about will have horror elements uh, two in particular one we talked about with matt on the girls to hot girls show with peewee's big adventure that has tons of horror elements because of tim burton um, and then there's another one, another childhood one. There's two childhood ones that I don't want to say right now because I just want to make sure it happens. But there are two movies that people relate all the time together, actually. So it should be actually a two-parter. We should probably do both those movies in one one show. We'd like to be a little more discussion-heavy, like we've attempted a few times on the crew, I think. But like now, like really try harder to make that happen and stuff like that. Yeah, we just want to mix it up for this run, and definitely when October comes, um, it'll be a little more horror-oriented or whatever. 
But uh, even then, I would like to do something that I've never gotten to do. Uh, I I couldn't ask you guys to do this, but I don't know. Maybe I'll just do bare bone stuff or whatever. But I would definitely like to eventually <laughs> talk about talk about the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. I mean, there are so many horror parodies to movies we absolutely love, and I could never ask you guys to watch like. 10 episodes of The Simpsons, even if it is all horror. Um, that would just be s- just too much, but I've always wanted to talk about them. So I might try to f- figure something out to get that out there, um, even if I don't torture you guys. We'll, we'll throw ideas around for what you guys want to do in October, you know, something you always wanted to do. But The porn parody we talked about years ago, we were going to review them. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, remember we were talking about them all on that on the porn show, and there's like a yeah, never one. I have right? the nightmare. I have the nightmare in Elm Street one, and I have a couple of Texas Chainsaw <laughs> ones. Oh man, I want to watch those. <laughs> I'm gonna see. Uh, I'll see if I can upload them. I'll send them to you. That'd be great. <laughs> what what year were they made? Oh God. Oh, like 2006 or three or something. No man, like uh, like probably 90s. Oh really? I mean, they're like. They're like two. Well, the Texas Chainsaw ones are fairly old. The Nightmare one is later, but yeah, we should watch those and just cut out the sex. Well, at least talking about it. Is it called Care on Chelsea? <laughs> Nightmare on Chelsea. Yeah, she has a wet dream. It's on fucking Eminem song, and he goes when he says that his babysitter showed him a, a nightmare on Elm Street, but it was called Pubic Hair on Chelsea. Remember that fucking song? <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully you enjoy. For now, we are heading out of the dungeon. Uh, Have a great one. Anything you guys want to say? No, I'm just glad these guys are still out here. Me too. Yep. For all you guys who are still listening 10, 11 years later, um, and and no matter what kind of content we put out, and you're here for it, thank you. You're really the reason we're doing it. So uh, enjoy, and see you later. Bye. Peace.